kind of people that found him were described in the Bible, depending on what translation you read, as the disillusioned, the disgruntled, the distressed, the debtors, um, all the disses, if all, you were. All the, the disses. Yeah, so yeah. those were the kind of people that came and found him. Hi, welcome to Adillam's Cave Podcast, a podcast from Resurrection Church. My name is Mark Kelly. And I'm David Lavery. And uh, this is our first, first ever episode. Well, it's, it's, it's going to be exciting. Could be our only episode, but we'll need to see how be, it goes. Yeah. It, could be. it could be our only episode. If you don't want it to be our only episode by the time you've listened and watched, um, please like, subscribe. All that stuff, leave a review, I guess. Absolutely, even, yeah. Even a bad review. Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> if you want any more of us uh, chatting together about things, then uh, yeah. yeah, well worth liking, subscribing, putting on the uh, is it notification bell. All the bells. All those kind of things. All the bells yeah. is what we want. If you want to hear um, from us. But I guess really we should talk about stuff before you even decide you're going to click all that kind of things. Um, let's, let's, let's talk about ourselves for a minute okay then should, should we do that it's a tough subject all right okay yeah. so you're david labry what, what else do you have to say about yourself david um well i'm originally from glasgow i'm married to karen i wouldn't, I wouldn't have guessed wouldn't you no, uh, no the accent has softened over the years <laughs> so yeah originally from glasgow um i'm married to karen been married for over 30 years we have two grown-up daughters who are beautiful and wonderful and um, and I've been involved in church leadership in some form or another, certainly full time, for almost twenty years now. Mm-hmm. So. Wonderful. Well, well, my name is Mark Kelly, uh, and um, I'm I'm a husband of one wife, father of three younger children, a little bit yeah. younger, younger than yours actually, uh, um, owner of two dogs and two goldfish, and um, I've I've just come out of kind of leading a church, which I've been doing now for well over fifteen years. Um, I have a huge passion for tech, I have a huge passion for the church, uh, and I want to bring those two things together yeah. and, and see what we can do with them. And that's kind of part of what we're doing here, isn't it? We're, yep. we're trying to drag at least our little part of the church kicking and screaming into the 21st century. Absolutely. And uh, sharing some stuff online. Yeah. And again, seeing what, you, seeing what you think of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess let's, let's, let's crack on, let's get right to it. Why is it, why have we called it a Durham's cave? Well, if you know the any, the Bible story about the the cave of Adullam or Adullam's cave, which is uh, um, in the story of David, King David in the Old Testament, it's a place where David was was kind of hiding out. Mm. He was on the run from Saul, who was trying to kill him, and uh, even though he, even though he'd been anointed as king by Samuel, he was he was hiding out there. But David was the one who was going to usher in this new kingdom. And while he was there in hiding, people found him. Um, and the kind of people that found him were described in the Bible, depending on what translation you read, as the disillusioned, the disgruntled, the distressed, the debtors, um, all the disses, if all, you were. All the, the disses. Yeah, so yeah. those were the kind of people that came and found him. But, but these were basically people who were sick of the current regime. They'd had enough mm. of, of life as it was, and they were looking for something more. And in that, in that Adullam's cave situation, it says that they were formed into a mighty army. And of course, you know the story of David that eventually does become king. He establishes Israel. And I think there's something that's really prophetic about that picture, mm-hmm. because particularly for today, I think there are lots of Christians who've been in churches a long time, maybe people that have seen something that's really exciting in the past, 
but the reality of church has has um, been disappointing. The reality has left mm. them disappointed. And I've got friends like that. You know, I've got people I've known for years and years who started on a journey with me, um, or certainly as a Christian, certainly, maybe we're not in the same church as each other, but certainly started on that Christian journey a long time ago with high expectations, high hopes, high ideals of what the church was and what it was going to be like and where we were going and actually they found themselves disappointed and disillusioned. What were those high ideals that you think people were looking well, for? What, what were you looking for? Well, again, my, my background, um, you know, I go back quite a long way. My dad was a pastor in the Pentecostal church up in Scotland. And um, in the late 1970s, we got involved in what was then the Restoration Movement, the House Church Movement, it was called, variously. And we came down to Bible Weeks that were held initially in Harrogate um, at the Great Yorkshire Showground there. Which isn't too far from us. We're recording in the wonderful city of Wakefield, Yep. uh, the Merry City. I think you said that's where it translates as. Well, I think that's the original original, um, title of the city, the Merry City, if you look on Wikipedia. Um, (laughs) Anyway, yeah, so so those, those... Bible weeks that we went to back in the day, lots of people had come from all sorts of different denominations, dead churches who were looking for something more, who really had this mm. vision of the kingdom of God and and the and the, the great preachers that we heard back in those days really set this this agenda for God's agenda for the church yeah. going forward and and us being a that real city on a hill that's that big picture that you have of in the last days you see it in, in Micah and Elijah in the last days the mount of the Lord's house will be established as chief of the mountains it was that big picture of the God's glorious church yeah. and we really felt back then yeah. we were going to usher that in and of course yeah, we're not going away we're actually growing larger you're not we, absolutely you're going to be able to see us everywhere yeah absolutely yeah, yeah, if yeah. you look in the media you know they'll they'll see the church is dying out. The church is not dying out; it never has. But what is what is happening is we're seeing a lot of what is this, the the established you know religious organisations. Those churches are struggling. But where there's life, where there's the life of God, these things are growing all over the world. Yeah, so it's yeah. a complete and utter fallacy to say the church is dying out. Yeah. And God's word says in the last days, you know, the kingdom is it's, it's a growing kingdom. It's a, in fact, Isaiah, the one we read at Christmas every year, of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Mm-hmm. So we believe in a growing kingdom. My point is that the reality of what happened in churches was not great. You had a lot of, um, there was a lot of control, there was lots of um, men with their own agendas, not God's agenda, um, there was lots of people who got hurt and disillusioned, and those people invariably ended up in sort of safe havens of church that wasn't very exciting, but at least they knew there wasn't going to be spiritual abuse and hurt and pain and those kind of things. And I think, um, for me, having led churches for the last 20 years or so, um, I've met a lot of Christians like that, people who maybe now are in their 60s, 70s even, and um, who started off on a, a journey that was really exciting and over the years have been sort of let down and disillusioned. People that were not themselves in leadership, mm. but who were badly led. And I think, so that picture of Adullam's Cave, to go back to your, your initial question, is maybe it's time for us, that those people to sort of find each other and get back to this is what we really believe, this is what we saw, this is what we're looking for, and build something that looks like this. Mm. Build something that looks like what Jesus actually wants to do in the world today. That's that's my hope yeah, anyway. Yeah. I am one of those people, so. <laughs> my hope. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, when I, I, I kind of came into ministry, um, I, I, well, when I, when I came to faith was in 2001, so I kind yeah. of missed a lot of that. You were after the heyday. After the heyday yeah. uh, of kind of our style of, of church. And uh, in one sense, you know, I, I, 
I was leading uh, a church full of people that in one sense had their eye looking back yeah. on what was. Yeah. And because we didn't see it and have it right now, yeah. it could create kind of a bit of apathy, yeah. I guess. Would, 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 you, yeah, would yeah. you say that's true? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. The good old days. It was always the good old days. The, yeah. the best days are behind us. Roast into glass. Uh, yeah, and I don't like that. I don't like that feeling of being in terminal decline. Mm. I, I, that's not what I believe the church is meant to be in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I believe we're meant to be going forward and things should be, you know, I'm not yeah. going to say getting better because that's a bit too broader term but certainly moving towards what Jesus wants mm. the bride it says in the scripture is making herself ready you, you know we see that and as a church we should be moving towards God's ideals yeah. not just settling for something less than yeah. that and I think that's for yeah. me I'm not a settler I want to continue moving yeah. forward um, if you haven't guessed the format of this by the way I'm, I'm going to be asking a lot of questions and, and David's going to be answering a lot of questions well, but I'm trying gonna, to I'm going to chip in Good. With, my, with my views every now and again um, Moving on from, uh, you know, that we're here for the disses, and that's why we're calling it Adelum's Cave. Adelum's yep. Cave. I'll yep. get that correct one day. Um, are we are we talking about kind of redefining the church a little bit? I think well, not really. Does it need a redefinition? I think in the minds of many what? people, it does. Yeah. yeah, I mean, for for people that are unchurched, I mean, I, I you know, I've got lots of non-Christian friends. People are not not um, in any church and never have been. And they'll always ask me the question, well, where is your church? Because they, in their mind, the church is a building with a spire or a steeple mm. or, you know, whatever. And, um, Haven't the Scots, in, in the language, got something to do with that? Don't they call it a kirk? That, yeah, isn't well... Hasn't that, that kind of established it as a place? I'm not blaming you. Yeah, well, I, mean, I, th- <laughs> I think it goes back even before before the Scots, to be honest with you. Um, but yeah, I think, so many, in the minds of non-Christians, that's what people think. Mm. Um, the mm. churches, it's a building, it's a yeah. place. And we know from the, the Bible, we know that's not true because yeah. that, that the word for church talks about a, a, a gathering, it's a community of people. It's not about mm. um, it's not about a building at all. A building's a place you meet in. Yeah. So people get a bit, you know, um, funny about that, don't they? You know, even because even the, the last two churches I've led have both had their own building and people think it's some kind of special holy place. Mm. The first church building that I was involved in buying and converting was a pub. It was actually a local pub in York, and we, you, you know, it wasn't a holy building, but it was a very, you know, practical, functional place for the church to meet and use, not just on a Sunday but throughout the week. The second church building I was involved in purchasing was a, a te- an old temperance hall. The building itself is not important yeah. because without the the people, it's just a, an empty shell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the it's the people of God that make the church, not yeah. the building. So that's important. Yeah, yeah. I think the other thing again in terms of redefining the church, I think that we've got lots of people now, lots of um, Christian leaders, writers, and all sorts of folks that, that are in their ways trying to redefine what the church is and. It's honestly no more than spiritual entertainment. I think I look at um, I look at some things, you know, where it's, it's gimmicky. You know, it's it's a it's a it's an audience watching superstars on stage, superstar speakers, and you know, worship leaders. It's about creating this sort of atmosphere for for what is effectively a show, and that's not the church either. Mm. So I think I find that um, aspect disappointing, and I think again people find it unfulfilling because you're going to observe something, but there's no sense of I'm being discipled, I'm changing, I'm becoming more like Christ. You're basically going to watch a performance or hear a good speaker. Yeah. I was really inspired, you know, by uh, some Christians may have heard of a guy called Francis Chan. Mm-hmm. And uh, I read some of his books and listened to, listened to him online. 
and he basically said he sort of had this this understanding of what the church was and he said it was like people were coming to watch me and my gift me and my preaching he said but there was no there was no sense of the body of christ functioning together and he walked away from a large mm. um church that he had built as in a group that he had built in order to get back to the Bible and, and Francis Chan is, is a really charismatic leader. He communicates yeah. ever so well. He, yeah. he he holds himself really well on stage. He captures a crowd, a moment. He tells a story. Yeah, uh, and he, so he could have carried on doing that till the end of his days. Oh, couldn't absolutely, he? you yeah, know, been, been successful. A, in quotes successful absolutely. preacher, whatever that's supposed to mean. But like yeah. you say, he chose to give all that up. Didn't I admire he? that. I admire yeah. the, the radical side of him that he thought this does not look like what I see in the Bible. Mm. And I think that's been a driving force for me as well. I'm, I'm desperate to see a church that looks like what I actually see in the Bible in terms of um, the, the community, the structure, the body, the, the whole sense of purpose yeah. that I see there. And in, unfortunately, over the years, I've, there's been a lot of things that have fell far short of that. And you think, well... I'm not going to settle for, for something like that. We've got to build something that looks like this. Well, I'm very much aware. We've spent a number of minutes there talking about what the church isn't and what we don't think it should be, yeah. uh, which can sound a little bit negative. So let's talk about what it is, or what, what, we, what we look in Scripture and see that it is. Yeah. So there's a big old fancy word, uh, which is... What do you mean, ecclesia? In, in ref- yes, ecclesia. In yeah. So that's ecclesia. The, that Greek word. Yeah. We had a bit of a debate whether it was ecclesia or ecclesia. Why don't you let us know uh, in the comments? Is it ecclesia, ecclesia? Anyway, we're going to say ecclesia. Okay. For the sake of this episode. Um, so the church is the church is ecclesia, isn't yeah. it? So define that for us. Well, I think if you go back to the original languages, um, very simply, it, it means called out ones. People are called out from the world into yep. something else but also you've got a whole sense of assembly gathering mm-hmm. it's, the, it's the group it's the community of believers and the church was always meant to be called out from the world into this new community so on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2 Peter stands up and you know he's, he's made his appeal if you like and he says you know save yourself from this corrupt generation and, and by what he means by that is this that save yourself come out of the world not separate yourself and go and live in a monastery or, or hide away in a you know in a, a, a croft in the highlands of scotland it's but it's but coming out of the world system it's living under god's mm. rule and i think that is really really important that the church is meant to be people whose king is jesus and who look different from the world and for too long again you know sorry to, to sort of harp on the negative the church has tried too much to fit in with the world and look like them and we're actually supposed to look different People in the world should say, "What is different about you? Why are you? Why are you the way you are?" What's the point? In a, in What's a good the point? If, if, yeah. if we look like the world, What's exactly. The point of, of, of you know, giving of our time, of our money, of, of, of our resources to this thing called the church. Yep. If it doesn't look anything like the world, Ex- if it, sorry, if it looks like the world, exactly, the world, exactly. Yeah. So I think that's um, that's really important. So the church, I wrote down a few things here, which I thought as I was thinking about it, mm. some various verses, you know. But the church is made up of saved people. Mm. It's not just about people that believe in God, because the devil believes in God, but it's people that have made Jesus the Lord of their life, have been born again. Um, You you know, we see that in John, you must be born again. Mm. It's a chosen people, this is what Peter wrote, a people belonging to God, so have been chosen by God. It's a heavenly people, in that we live in two realms, we are citizens of heaven. Mm. The world, there's an old song, the world is not my home, I'm just passing through. No, I'm not going to sing it. 
but there's an also but we are a heavenly people we're, yeah. we're called a heavenly people as well and I think those kind of things saved chosen heavenly you know belong people belonging to God those things are really really important that's mm. what the church is there are people that come amongst the, the, the people that visit and you know um, but they're not part of the church until they've made that decision to follow Jesus and to make him the Lord of their life that's so important that people understand that it's not just about going to church so yeah. there's a in a nutshell I would say um, that's what it is and of yeah. course as well I think, I think to just to add to that um, the church is made up of Christians of all shapes colors creeds you know sizes absolutely yep. you know that i've met people in, in in denominational churches catholic churches mm. protestant churches of all sorts who genuinely believe in jesus are followers of jesus have accepted them into uh, their life their traditions that they have in the church and some of those things may differ but the root thing is this you know i belong to mm. jesus you know can I give you a, a little story a little course, example David. if i can digress for a minute yeah. um i mean i was i was brought up in glasgow and Glasgow's kind of a bit of a divided city. Um, you know, the Protestant Catholic thing up there, the football teams as well, you know, everything's, you know, very divided. And I didn't really know many Catholics. And a few years ago, I had the great privilege. I've got a friend who's a Catholic priest up in um, uh, the town where my, my church building was. And uh, we had lunch and regularly together as a group of Christian leaders in the town. And he invited in these um, two Franciscan monks. As you do. Well, I was fascinated. I'd never met any monks before. Obviously, I'd seen monks on Robin Hood and, you know, these kind of <laughs> things, really. But I'd never actually met any monks. So I met this, these two Franciscan monks. And I was speaking to the younger of the two and um, just, you know, asking about himself. And he told me his own story of how he came to faith. He was brought up as a Catholic in a Catholic home. Maybe slightly nominal in terms of they went to church, but not really a full on. But he told me his own story of how he actually came to faith in Jesus, how he encountered Jesus for himself and the big, the great difference that made to his life. And as I listened to him, I thought, mm. that's the same Jesus that yeah. I know. Yeah. That's the same experience that I had when I encountered the Lord. Now, again, a lot of things, a lot of the traditions and a lot of the stuff that's involved in being a Catholic monk is not, not for me and I don't see it here either but the, the, he does know Jesus there's yeah. no doubt in that yeah. there's no doubt that he's saved there's no doubt that he belongs mm -hmm. to the Lord and I think that was a, an eye opener for me because we would think you know well these people don't do things the way that we do them are they even Christians mm -hmm. absolutely absolutely and I think we need to understand that the church is universal when it speaks that it's that universal church it's that you know core of believers yeah. and we must at all costs avoid that sectarian way of thinking mm -hmm. you know um and 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 realize that when if somebody knows the lord they're my brother they're my sister that's the most important thing and, and it's important isn't it to say say that the church is full of people who aren't perfect you know well, you speak for yourself, Mark. Yeah, well, I, I, okay, I will. I'll speak for myself. I'm not perfect, yeah. and 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 yet I'm 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 part of Christ's church. Yes, uh, and that's really important. You know, we, we we may appear to have it together sometimes on the surface if you don't really know us. Yeah. Um, but we've got the same kind of issues and struggles and temptations as as, as everybody has. Absolutely. Everybody has their issues. Absolutely. Don't they? I found, um, you know, I'd meet. Christians that came to the church, or people that came to the church that I was leading and um, sometimes they get themselves in a bit of a tizzy and get a bit condemned about stuff because mm. in their mind they think that everyone else 
and the church has got it all together. Everyone's life is perfect. Everyone's life is great. And and of course, the enemy will speak to that person to make them feel as if you're the failure. You're the one that's rubbish. You're not a very good Christian. And of course, as the pastor of the church, I've got a good idea on everybody's life and what's going on and, and what's happening. You know, and you, and you understand all of us have got things we're facing. Even as leaders, you've got things that you're facing, there's things that you struggle with. You know, I'm, a, I'm, I'm just a believer as well who's seeking just to follow Jesus as best I can and become more like him, you know, and I get it wrong frequently. Daily, I get it wrong. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and if yeah, we understand yeah. that, it causes us to not be so hard on ourselves, mm. you know, and to go to God for, for, for help, but also to be more gracious with one another more gracious with our fellow believers and not not um, write people off because they blow or they make a mistake. And uh, if, I think if, the, if we understood that, that would make a huge difference. Yeah, and I guess it also helps because, you know, we're, we're creating, we've created uh, this, this podcast, this YouTube series um, to, to share a resurrection church with people. Yeah. Uh, and to share the, ch- the resurrection church with, like you said, those who are disenfranchised and all, all the disses. Yeah. And it is important for those people to recognise, if you're one of those people watching or listening to this, you know, we're just like you. Yep. Um, you know, and, and this is a, a safe place to come and be and to learn and to grow and to be discipled, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. for watching or listening please leave a review a comment or send us a message via our website resurrectionchurch.net in our next Adullam's Cave episode which is part two of this initial conversation we talk about what the bible means when it describes the church being a body a bride a family and more remember to subscribe so you don't miss when we release new episodes we've got tons of stuff in the pipeline which we think you'll enjoy finally we'd appreciate any support you can bring whether that be in prayer, financial support, or simply an encouraging word. God bless, and see you next time in a Dullum's Cave.